morning everybody i am dr armen professor armen astvatsatrian from yerevan armenia and we continue to talk about uh, your exams so you're on dr y channel so this is a test and clinical cases that could be on your exams and this is a part of cardiology so we continue to talk about your examination questions so uh, i need your attention so take pens and papers and I do advise you, my dear friends, re-listening this <coughs> Rolex to understand these movies, no, actually, our lectures, our lessons to uh, good understand, for better understanding what's happening and what's going on. Uh, several times, several times. So let's continue questions. Uh, please send me the questions. Huh? Mm -hmm. Appa, uh -huh. questions about cardiac catheterization. Okay, now be careful. Uh, cardiac catheterization of the left or the right heart can be used to do various tests, and that it's also and it also can be used to determine appropriate therapeutic interventions. Right heart catheterization is most commonly used to assess which of the following. Now, of course, this is a pulmonary artery pressure, but let's hear uh, the, the choices, the options. So once again, the question. Cardiac catheterization of the left or the right heart can be used to do various tests, obviously. And it also can be used to determine appropriate therapeutic interventions. Okay, so catheterization, yes, to determine, to understand what appropriate therapeutic intervention must be done. Right heart catheterization is most commonly used to assess which of the following. No, right. Of course, this is a pulmonary artery. But anyway, let's, uh, let's check up the options. Uh, options A, aortic blood pressure. How can we have aortic blood pressure in the right heart? Of course, no. Uh, coronary artery disease, another option, no. Mitral valve function, no. All of them is for from uh, left heart. Huh? This is a left heart data. And finally, last option is a pulmonary artery pressure. Okay, open the answer. Of course, this is a pulmonary artery pressure. And yes, so a last option, pulmonary artery pressure. So right heart catheterization, my friends, is most commonly used to assess pulmonary artery pressure as well as right atrial pressure, right ventricle pressure, and the pulmonary artery occlusion pressure. So actually, right uh, heart catheterization we use for information from right heart of the heart, uh, right part of the heart, though obviously. It's, it's, it's a joke, maybe, but anyway, the questions like this can be the easy questions, maybe, maybe, huh? on, on your exam also. So, of course, right heart catheterization, my, my friends, and once again, right heart uh, catheterization is uh, used to assess pulmonary artery pressure, as well as, for example, right atrial pressure, right ventricle pressure, and pulmonary uh, artery occlusion. Concerning left, Artery heart catheterization is most commonly used to, so to assess, for example, coronary artery disease, coronary artery anatomy, 
and uh, why not to assess uh, aortic blood pressure and mitral valve function. But anyway, for these uh, options to use catheterization for left parts, it's not okay, huh? it's not correct. No, why not, maybe? For example, you pass coronary angiography at the same time, why not? We, have, we do uh, arterial ventriculography at the same time, we can do other things. Well, like, for example, understand mitral valve function, aortic valve function, why not? But especially for under, to understand what's happening with pulmonary artery pressure, we use, of course, right heart catheterization. That's true. Vena jagularis. <coughs> okay. So, uh, please, another question. Testing for cardiac shunts can be done during catheterization by measuring blood oxygen content saturation huh? at successive levels in the heart and great vessels, of course. The, this helps to determine this helps to determine the presence, the volume and direction of central shunts. Yes. During the, this testing, which of the following shunts uh -huh, is strongly suggested when arterial oxygen saturation is low than 90, no, low means less than 92%, 92%, and does not improve when pure oxygen is administered. Good question, actually. So, once again, little bit long question, but anyway, be careful. Huh? I will speak up slowly. So, testing for cardiac shunts can be done during catheterization by measuring blood oxygen content at the successive levels in the heart and great vessels. This helps determine the presence, volume, and direction of central shunts. During this testing, which of the following shunts is strongly suggested when arterial oxygen saturation is low? Uh, that is less than 92%, 92% that doesn't improve when pure oxygen is administered. So give us options, please. Uh -huh. Bidirectional shunt, uh, no, of course. Uh, left to right shunt, no shunt is indicated by this finding. Uh, no, why not? And actually, last option, right to left shunt. Uh, of course, right to left shunt. So our answer is right to left shunt. The findings described strongly suggested right to left to, to left shunt. Okay? Right to left shunt. So the question was during this testing, which of the following shunt is strongly suggested when arterial oxygen saturation is low and doesn't improve when pure oxygen is administered? So right to left shunt. You don't need to, to give uh, oxygen. Too late. Uh, so concerning bidirectional shunt, uh, bidirectional shunt is suggested by the by left heart or arterial uh, desaturation or desaturation plus increased oxygen content in blood samples drawn beyond the shunt site on the right side of the circulation. So if the blood oxygen content in a chamber exceeds that one or more proximal chamber by more than the normal difference, then left to right shunt is suggested. So, option left to right shunt. Now, concerning non-shunt is indicated by this one, it's absolutely incorrect. So, anyway, 
So uh, the question was, testing for cardiac shunts can be done during catheterization by measuring black oxygen content at successive levels in the heart great vessels, in the heart and great vessels. The, this helps determine the presence, volume, and direction of central shunts. And during the, this testing, uh, right to left shunts is strongly suggested when arterial oxygen saturation is low and doesn't improve when pure oxygen is administered. So right to left shunt actually is a correct and uh, quite answer, right answer. Next question, please. The incidence of complications following cardiac catheterization ranges from 0.8 to 8%. What? The incidence of complications following catheterization? No, it depends on hospital, of course. It depends. It depends. The incidence of complications following cardiac catheterization ranges from 0.8 to 8%, no, 10 times. Complications most likely involve the excess site. Yeah. Effects of the catheter. Yes. And the const contrast agent. Yes, it's problem. Contrast agent is problem. So what's the question? Most often, injection of the contrast agent causes a sense of warmth through the body. Very often. Very, very, very often. My friends. Injection of contrast iodium, huh? Uh, injection of the contrast agent can cause a sense of warmth through the body. However, more serious reactions can occur. Yes. Which of the following reactions is most serious? Bradycardia. Dyspnea. Oh, dyspnea is the most dangerous one. Because actually it can be, it indicates anaphylaxia. So, uh, let's continue. So, bradycardia, no. Dyspnea, of course. No CN vomiting. No, it's not so serious. Tachycardia, tachycardia. Uh, no, if you ask patient to cough, it will gone. So, anyway, uh, the correct answer is dyspnea. Why, why cough? Because you produce, uh, provoke, actually, vagal tone. Huh? So, the answer is dyspnea. My answer is, the, our answer is dyspnea. Well, yes, dyspnea. My friends, dyspnea, a long bronchospasm, a long wheat, going wheat bronchospasm, and laryngeal, laryngeal, laryngeal edema is a rare, oh, you said rare, up to you, rare, uh, reaction, but is most serious and indicates probable anaphylaxis. The very, very dangerous thing, very dangerous. Oh, it can go with it, it can go with uh, dropping of blood pressure actually very dangerous one huh? so once again dyspnea in uh, these situations so of following cardiac catheterization is the most dangerous one I suppose uh, yes absolutely right I not as I'm sure huh? so dyspnea along with brain bronchospasm and laryngeal edema is the rare reaction but no, not very rare actually reaction and it's most serious and indicates probable anaphylaxia concerning bradycardia and nose and vomiting are not serious reaction to the contrast agent not, not as serious of course and uh, option tachycardia is uh, it happened but generally not serious normal rhythm can often be restored by asking the patient to cough actually Vagal one, vagal maneuvers. Huh? Up to you what vagal, vagal maneuver to to use. But anyway, uh, the most common 
maneuver that we use, not we, uh, so interventional cardiologist. God, thanks, thanks God, I'm not interventional cardiologist. So they ask uh, to, to the patient to cough. And they say immediately, no, not very quickly, vagal tone, coughing, <coughs> and normalization of rhythm. Actually, you can use this maneuver in another situation, not only in, uh, in geography. Okay, in the catheterization. Okay, another question, please. Serum troponin, good. Mm -hmm. I do like the questions about serum troponin. So, what is about serum troponin? Is now, is now the standard mardek of cardiac muscle injury? Of course, it's actually cardiac troponin is a sign of a marker of cardiomarker necrosis, death of the cardiomyocytes. Which of the following is a correct statement about cardiac marker troponin? When a patient's symptoms suggest of an acute coronary syndrome. No. Uh, option A. Single normal reading rules out of cardiac cause. Uh, it depends on time, my friends. I don't know. Actually, another option. It depends on time. It's, if, if we see nothing on ECG. If six hours passed from the beginning of the problem, of the complaint, for example, pain, like angina, huh? and more than six hours, for example, next day, and troponin is negative, highly likely that uh, here is not a cardiac, cardiac cause. Highly likely. Okay, let's see another option. Huh? A single normal reading rules out pulmonary embolism. Ah, uh, no. Pulmonary embolism, it's going with the dimer. No, actually, mm, well, let's see another test, uh, another option. Serial measurements of troponin are needed to confirm a cardiac cause. Of course, this is the correct answer. Serial measurements of troponin are needed to confirm a cardiac cause, but of, of course, highly likely that more than six hours after the beginning of the problem and you have nothing on the troponin, nice, nothing means nothing. Uh, nothing here actually means nothing but anyway of course serial measurements just to be 100% sure is a correct answer so you have to do serial measurements of troponin to confirm or to reject cardiac cause stress tests must be done after troponin levels are measured uh, actually no, not good advice not good advice at all uh, So actually, I do I do advise that. Okay, uh, my friends, let's uh, open the answer. Serial measurements of troponin are needed to confirm a cardiac cause. Of course, because a single normal set of cardiac cause uh, doesn't 100% rule out of cardiac cause. Patients whose symptoms uh, highly likely suggests uh, in uh, acute coronary syndrome should have serial measurements of the cardiac marker troponin test at least six hours in a part. Uh, of course, my friend, but after six hours, if you have negative, uh, no, negative is a negative. Concerning stress test imaging, uh, I some clinic, me, for example, uh, follow these tests, actually within several days, with a stress ECG or a stress imaging test. Me, for, for I do prefer to do that, to understand actually what happened with patient. His compliance, uh, his uh, conditioning, uh, preconditioning, 
to uh, his uh, conditioning of conditions of heart, how uh, how he uh, tolerate physical activity, treadmill test or value ergometry doesn't matter. Bicycle doesn't matter. Me, I do prefer to do this test. Actually, I do prefer these tests uh, when uh, after discharge, before discharge, even after myocardial infarction. So before discharge, to do uh, the treadmill test, stress test to understand what will happen with patient. You know, for example, it's very good for understanding what uh, how to titrate uh, those of beta blockers. So we have to uh, prescribe beta blockers, huh? and to understand how react uh, body, how react heart, sinus region on uh, physical stress, we have to prescribe these medicals. For example, patient do his medical job, uh, his physical activity, and his heart rate is more than 120, it means that you have to uh, augment, uh, you have to augment your beta blockers dosage. Uh, you have to increase this dosage. For example, if it's atenolol, Give him 150 from 50, maybe 200. If, for example, it's a bisoprolol, bisoprolol from 2.5 to 5. Why not to 10? It depends. Huh? And anyway, you have to uh, advise to your patient, do physical activity every day, every day, every day. And actually, it's a very good um, stuff to motivate person after my, for example, after myocardial infarction, that he can does uh, physical activity like bicycle, like walking, even running, why not? No, jogging, okay? Uh, and so actually if this is a guy, uh, do advise him to do his sexual activity every day. So it's a good motivation test as also. It gives you a lot of information concerning and situation after myocardial infarction and future uh, and <coughs> predict uh, complications. Possible complications, but anyway, serial measurements was a correct test. So concerning uh, single normal reading rules out of pulmonary embolism, troponin is often uh, elevated in other disorders that damage myocardium. For example, pulmonary embolism. But if pulmonary uh, embolism is considered possible, the dimer testing is done. So, uh, actually, if the dimer is negative, so it put we have period and send person to home. No, the dimer, yes. I'd actually, I don't like the dimer, but anyway, it doesn't matter. I like it, I don't like it. We have to understand that. So, and the last question for today, corpulmonale. Okay, corpulmonale. Which of the following is likely cause of acute corpulmonale? Corpulmonale, rather then chronic pulmonale. Okay, discriminating from acute to chronic. Uh, question is, which of the following is likely cause of acute pulmonale rather than chronic pulmonale? So, okay. So, uh, I, I suppose these are questions due to this uh, maniac using uh, artificial lung ventilation, huh? pulmonary ventilation, one of the most common cause of the death in so-called virus, uh, in viral infections. So which is, which is, how can we discriminate? So acute corpulmonale then chronic corpulmonale, which is the following, like the cause, which is the cause of acute. Okay, the question, which is the following is a cause, likely cause, of acute versus chronic. Excessive loss 
of lung tissue due to surgery? No, no. no actually, it's uh, maybe future chronic core pulmonale. Idiopathic alveolar hypertension. It's a chronic. Injury due to mechanical, mechanical ventilation. Thank you very much. Finally, finally. Stop use this mechanical ventilation without direct prescriptions. Direct indications, that is. Only in strict direct indications use this mechanical ventilation. We kill people when we use this mechanical ventilation without direct indications. And now then said no, it's not a mechanical ventilation that kill per per person. This is due to a viral infection. I don't know what. Stop telling tales, huh? This is a tale. And don't tell me tale. Injuries due to mechanical ventilation. So due to mechanical ventilation means due to medical uh, iatrogenic effect, medical intervention. Of course, cor or acute corporate is due to injury due to mechanical ventilation. Thanks for this question. And unresolved pulmonary emboli. No, my friend. So, uh, correct answer is due injury due to mechanical ventilation. This is a uh, highly likely cause of acute, uh, uh, than, rather than chronic corporal And that is killed persons. Uh, once again, be very careful when you use mechanical ventilation. Of course. Concerning excessive loss of lung tissue, due to, I don't know what, surgery, or idiopathic alveolar hypertension, actually very rare syndrome. You said rare, okay, rare. Idiopathic alveolar hypertension and unresolved pulmonary emboli. These choices are all possible causes, but only for the chronic form of core pulmonale. So that's all concerning uh, these five questions. Uh, so don't forget to follow the our channel, Dr. Y. Huh? I'm not a, I'm not a Y. Huh? This is a channel, Dr. Y. So, <laughs> so see you in another lectures, my friends. Uh, once again, I do do this advice to you several times. I put on reverse and uh, here and re here re-listening re this uh, lecture, these questions. See you in other lectures. We have got a lot of questions to resolve to fix the to, to fix your future exams. Everything will be okay. God bless you. See you in another lectures. Bye-bye.